Welcome to Couch Buddies. I'm Kia. And I'm Michelle. And uh, we decided uh, this is just going to be a, uh, we're going to do something different. And you might have heard we've already done uh, some episodes with like book wrecks and, uh, you know, things that you can binge watch. And so we just decided like, why not? Like, we're going to recommend some of our favorite fanfics. I think Which is hard to do when you forget to bookmark fanfics, kids. FYI. Uh, I I am compulsive. Mark your favorites. I am compulsive about bookmark. Like if I like basically if I give something kudos, I bookmark it so that I can so that I, I can go back and find it. I need to start doing that because when I give it kudos, I'm like, oh, I gave it kudos. I'll be able to find it again later. Nope. Well, on Archive of Our Own, which is where I generally read, that's not the case. <laughs> yeah, I'm all of mine are on archive. I think a couple of them might have been hosted somewhere else and then were moved to archive. But that's mainly, the, I mean, honestly, like, archive of our own is kind of the place to find fic nowadays. All of mine are on archive, uh, with the exception of the thing I'm going to talk about. Like, the honorable mention thing I'm going to talk about. Yeah, um, we we each picked five um and mm-hmm. and then we each have like a couple of of honorable mentions um we we talk about fic on the podcast every now and again you and i have talked about how we both we both write fic um mm-hmm. i have not done so much lately um, me neither <laughs> i well part of my problem <laughs> Is that I started, um, and this is, I'm partly going to blame you and our friend Meg. I start, I was bored and I started playing the, uh, the mobile game choices. Yes. And so it was like, once I started playing choices, I was having that like storytelling hunger sated. And so Uh I don't, I haven't felt the need to like write my own stories because I'm basically playing choose your own adventure and having a story told to me. Um, that's so, yeah. me and and Asian dramas because <laughs> basically that's what I've been doing for the past like two months is watching yeah. different Asian dramas well, and, and I get all of the feels fulfilled through that so I don't need to to yeah. write my own. Um, well, like before before we kind of get started, um, before we get started, kind of like going through our lists and things like that. Um, I was going to ask when, because for me, I didn't, I kind of like, I was vaguely aware of it um, at the, like when I first started, because like, because I graduated high school in 2003 and, um, and then started at, like started where, where we went to college. I started um, in January of 2004 and it wasn't until that first semester that like I really even like that I started like that I found out that you know that there were websites for fanfic because this was a time like where you know the only like search engine was Ask Jeeves like Google wasn't really a thing yet <laughs> Yahoo yeah Yahoo like that's what Yahoo everybody was the homepage at my high school yeah Yahoo um I mean people were still using AOL at that time um yep. I mean, you know, this was back in, like, the very kind of, like, early, not the earliest days of the internet, but kind of the early days of 
of the fandom on the internet of fandom on the internet i mean you know like you go back to like pin boards and you know like things like that you know like mailing lists and things from like way back in the day um and i know had a yahoo group (laughs) yeah yahoo group that we'd made well um i like i don't i honestly don't remember but it was literally like just one weekend that like i had that i had my dorm room to myself and this is like me with my first roommate um, like I had the dorm to myself for the weekend and somehow I stumbled upon fanfic.net and, uh, and just, and just became like, like, wait, what, this is a thing. And then basically like the next weekend started writing my own, uh, it like started writing, I think it was like a labyrinth or like last unicorn story. I don't remember. Uh, you know, I, like, as a kid, I had written, you know, what was basically fanfic. I just didn't know that that's what it was for, you know, for various, you know, for various things that, like, I watched or read as a kid. But, um, yeah, but, you know, you know, I didn't really know, like, what that was, but it really wasn't until, like, I started, like, that I had kind of formed a friendship with you and Danny um and you know like what kind of became our our friend group for the rest of college that like that like fanfic like really kind of took over and um and there was one i think she stopped after i spoiled it for her and i will admit it was a dick move that i spoiled it um but she had pissed me off and so i was getting back at her um (laughs) But you and Danny and I were all reading on, um, this was like my favorite website of all time. It was Fangirl Online. Oh, Fangirl Online, man. That was such a good time. It was so much fun because, because this is games. Oh, so much fun. Oh yeah. Like we, you know, we played, you know, like fuck, Mary kill and, and so much fun. Oh my God. It was great. Um, you know, like we, we did that. We, and like I'm like I'm honestly like drawing a blank a bit. Like we had other games that we kind of played on there, but there were so many, and I can't remember now. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a message board, and yeah. um, it was a message board, Fangirl Online, and and it was a place where you know people could come and post fic because this was, I know it started with like something else, but in a very short order, it was taken over by the lord of the rings fandom lord of the rings was a big fandom on there yeah there was there was a lot of just fans of people in general on there yes by the time it was yeah yeah like kind of by the time that we came we came because this was you know 2004 2005 and that was you know return of orlando bloom pictures oh so yeah because (laughs) no no you're totally fine because um you know it was during this time that um Return to the King came out in 2003 and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it had come out in 2003 and then, you know, Orlando started doing the Pirates movies. Like Dominic Monaghan was doing, was doing Lost at this time. Lost in 04, yeah. Um, you know, Vigo had a couple of movies come out during that Hidalgo, time. Hidalgo, I think. Yeah, Hidalgo. Out. And, uh, you know, History of Violence came out like a year or so mm-hmm. later. Um but yeah, and like, and Elijah was doing was doing stuff, and it was also a place where um, a lot of like other movies that Elijah had done that maybe people hadn't seen had like started coming like to the forefront. 
Um, I think that's where I learned about Orlando's movie Calcium Kid, actually. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I used to have that DVD. I'm still depressed. Yeah, I, I don't know. know where it is anymore. I know. Because there was some people in that movie. Like, when you go back and look now. Cause, yeah, because it was him and crazy. Billy Piper and... And the I guy know. in it is is actually well known now, and I the other guy, uh, yeah, I can't his remember. best friend, and I can't remember who it is now. But yeah, uh, if you have a chance, that's a really funny movie. FYI, like if you <laughs> can dumb. find it, it popped up yeah, on like dumb. Netflix or or Prime or something like that, like once, like in the past, like man. seven years or so. But yeah, man, if you can find the Calcium Kid, it's worth a watch. But yeah. I mean, like, it, Fangirl Online just kind of became the hub for for these things and it was um and this is where i'm going to bring them up and i i told you that i was going to mention these yeah um yeah you should there was there was a series of fix on um there was a series of fix that were posted basically exclusively on fangirl online and the uh the woman who posted them went by the screen named dr fabulous we all just called her fabs and she had started, and this was a thing, you know, like I had just been introduced kind of like, you know, to the idea of fanfic. I didn't know that RPF or, you know, real person fic, like I didn't know like that that was a thing until, you know, you or Danny mentioned it to me. And so I started with, with the first one because there were, there were four in this series and it mm-hmm. was, it was about Dominic Monaghan and a, and a original female character who went by the name Mars. And, and it started with like oxygen, then there was breathing, atmosphere, and ethereal. I was going to say, they were great stories. Also super smutty. Like, oh, so much smut. Su- and I printed off chapters of this and took it to chapel with me, kids. <laughs> I had a problem in college. Well, like, um, you know, and the thing is, is that, you know, like we, like, you know, like I, I didn't get introduced to it, like, until, um, I think, you know, you or Danny had already read, like, one of the first stories and then, like, eventually, like, told me about it. And so I basically, like. I think I, Danny told me about it. Okay. I, I, I couldn't remember if, which one of you it was, but we, um. Uh, you know, the, the, at least like the first two fix. And I think, um, you know, the atmosphere had either like just started posting or, or something like that. Um, but you know, like I said, it's, it was this whole like RPF fic and, and one, they were like, these are all like novel link fix and they were mm-hmm. so fucking well written. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. um, and, you know, and like, and it was these stories that like introduced me to the music of World Without Sundays because, yeah, it, like, and World, the, the music of World Without Sundays is like a huge part of my life now. And, um, so good. It, yeah. And, um, it's like these stories were like so impactful. And, you know, and they inspired me to like write, you know, to like really get invested and start writing my own fic. And I did. And I, you know, I followed yep. kind of Fab's model. And, and you know, and like. The if you fic- want to hold of that fit, guys, just get Fuck in touch you. with me. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't just you saying. dare. I wrote the, I wrote them when I was 20. I didn't know I what have, the fuck I was doing. I, I have some that, that I would not, I would feel the same way about. I'll put it that way. Oh, yeah. I have some I feel the same way about. Well, I, um, but like you said, but you know, no um, but I remember, but basically what, what I remember, um, and the thing that, cause like I said, I don't remember what she had done, but Danny had done something to me and like, it really, really pissed me off. 
and she had not finished breathing. And so I was still getting caught up and I basically had like an entire weekend in my dorm alone. And I just sat there and like binge read like oxygen and breathing. And Danny had not finished breathing. And I still remember this. It was a Saturday that she had to work in the calf all day. And uh-huh. I came in at dinner, like having just like literally like basically finished the fic and then walked, walked over to dinner. And she was like, she was doing something in the dining room and I walked in and I grabbed a tray and I just looked at her and I said, he proposes in Gaelic and then walked off and she, <laughs> evil. And she, yeah, I don't think she read more after that. Um, but the, yeah. But I mean, these, like these fix. Like, there's one, like, throwaway line in these fics, and it is something that you and I, like, still will just, like, crack up about, like, the whole, like, uh, you know, no sex in my kitchen. We still use that when we yes. write certain fics. Like, that is a line that, like, has to come up in a fic that we write. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's just one of it's, it's just that, and, like, I'm not going to get into the reference behind it, but milk and cookies yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, like, that one I've never used in a fic. But that, yeah, I've never used that one either. But like, it was something that we could just say to like make each other laugh. Um, yeah, because you know, because you and Danny and I were like the only people who knew what it meant. Absolutely, and yeah. I mean, it was like such good times. And at a certain point, like round about like late two thousand five, um, Fabs posted the last story in like the four part series. And I, uh, and like, there were just things that were happening on Fangirl Online and like Bishop Mm -hmm. who, who ran the site, just things were going on with her. And I kind of saw the writing on the wall. I just suddenly realized, I'm like, oh, this is not going to be here forever. And so I went through and I basically started copy pasting like yep, all of these fics because I was just like I I need like I love these so much like I have to be able to go back like I have like I have to be able to come back to these fics and and so yeah I like I copied pasted all of them into like a like all of these fics into separate word documents and and saved them and and so now 15 years later I still go back like occasionally like I'll be bored and like, you know, I won't have service or whatever, but I have the PDFs saved on my phone. And I was like, Oh, I've got time to kill. Like I'm waiting in this line or, you know, like I'm at my doctor's office, whatever. And I'll just, I'll open up the PDF and start reading, you know, like rereading atmosphere or something like that. And like I said, it's, you know, 15 years later and these fix are, are still like such an indelible part of me. Like I will go back and, and reread them all these years later. And, um, and so like, I just kind of wanted to, you know, to kind of explain that kind of like where at least my kind of fanfic roots began and how, yeah. I mean, people take it a little more seriously now, but it's still kind of looked upon That's- as something kind of like, there's something shamed about it like you feel shameful about it sometimes oh like, yeah like people shame you about it like that's see that's kind of my, my more my thing um i wrote fanfic unknowingly from an early age like you uh-huh. talked about um i mean it was always self-insert when i was young because who is it um <laughs> but then like I, I think the first one that i remember and i didn't know it was fanfic but um i had just finished the lord of the rings books and i wanted to know what happened to pippin 
Yeah. And so I created a fantastical story in my head for Pippin. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it was like, and I didn't know it was fan fiction. <laughs> yeah. And then I get online and I, I came across, man, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was a Legolas fic. Mm-hmm. And it was like, but it was like, he, Legolas had wound up in our world mm-hmm. and like the girl took him to church. It was real weird, real weird. <laughs> um, but that was like the first thing I read and I was, I was 17 yeah. Um. So it was two. This would have been like my senior year of high school. Uh, so it was. It was junior senior like, year, but around the same time. Yeah, it was about the same um, time for both of us because I would have been yeah. you know, eighteen, nineteen, and then I started writing with a friend because I was too scared to do it on my own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I started writing with a friend, and we actually wrote a story. How long did that? We did not finish it until after I was married. We wrote yeah. four stories. Um, it's not available anywhere online anymore. Um, the friend and I kind of had a falling out, but, and that, that sucks. But like, that's where I started was that story. I was, I I remember I was January of 2004 when we started writing that. Mm -hmm. And then I just, it was something that I kept secret Mm -hmm. because like we've talked about before, I went to a small school. Um, it was a small, it's a farming community. Yes. Um, And, and mine was very much the same. I was already the freak because I, me and one other Same. girl liked to read classic novels and liked to read. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, we did a live reading of Romeo and Juliet in my class and I read Juliet because I was the only one that had the, I don't want to say understanding, but that, that had that com- comfortability yeah. with reading it. Um, I was the only one, so I was the only one that was chosen to read it. Um kind of a mortifying experience when you hear the guy who was chosen to read Romeo making comments about you later, but that's a whole other thing. But like, give me his that name whole and address. F- I'm going to go pee on everything he owns. No, he's a good guy now. I mean, we were, what we, we were in ninth grade. So, I mean, all guys are stupid in ninth grade. I've just come to that. You that could, end it, you could end it with just all guys are stupid, but <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like I just got really into the fact that I could take something that I loved and, and fall into it mm-hmm. in a whole other way. Uh, and then my, this is going to sound so funky, but my first semester at our college, we have this thing called character camp where they kind of put you in, in groups so you can make friends with the other, with other incoming freshmen. It, it Basically what it is, is like character, because, because I went, I went to a different college for my first semester. Uh, yeah. uh, like I went to, to the college, you know, just like 45 minutes North of my hometown. And, I like I went there for a semester and we had like n- we had an orientation day and like they basically gave us a college t-shirt and um you know and like we signed up for our classes and that was literally all we did and what our college does is they they do a thing every semester with called character camp where they split you into quote unquote families at like yeah. you know at usually it's freshmen but sometimes if you come in as a transfer student it doesn't matter yeah. you still go through at least a week if not 10 day long character camp and you're put into a family and you have an upper you have two upperclassmen who are your mom and pop and and so they take you like you spend the entire week together and yeah. you go, you know, like you learn like where all of the buildings are like my, you know, and my character hit mom, like she took a look at my 
my class list and she walked me around and showed me like where each of those classrooms were and told me, <laughs> you know, told me about the professors that I would have. And your parents were so much better than mine. FYI. Well, my, <laughs> my parents, my parents, it was, it was, uh, it was Sarah and it was Sarah and Jonathan. And th- this is where Sarah had just started dating Justin yeah. And we had, we had like a whole like hysterical thing within our family of our dad, John, like was diabetic and he had to like go back to his room to take some insulin. And so our mom's real life boyfriend had like came and like sat down, <laughs> sat down at lunch with us all. And we just, we leaned into the whole family thing and we just went like, mommy, who's this? And, <laughs> and she's like, kids i have something to tell you this is justin my boyfriend and i and our friend jared just goes mommy where's daddy <laughs> and like <laughs> that's that's jared yeah and it just it just became a whole running joke but i mean like you know now my character can't mom and her then boyfriend i'm like they're married with like a whole passel of kids and they both still work at the college and all this kind of yeah. stuff but but you know it was literally they want you to like they want you to start your semester knowing people and like yeah which and was really good for me because i'm a yes. very introverted shy person yes um and so i mean but my family my parents were not great like to be 100 with, with you my my mom who was like my mom was like a student council vice president or something so she was yeah. always busy and the guy that was her that was you know her partner uh he was there to date other to date freshmen but to be fair the guy who was who was my dad wound up basically saving my life later Mm -hmm. so i can't like like yeah i can't get too mad (laughs) because he we worked at the same shopping mall later and i had loaned my car to a friend and that friend was late picking me up so it's like after 10 o'clock and i'm sitting by myself at the uh the mall i worked at yeah and my church camp dad comes out he comes out and he goes, what are you, Michelle, what are you doing out here? And I was like, Oh, my friend hasn't brought my car back. And he's, he's still working. Cause I talked to him. He was working at a different job, like literally 10 minutes away. Yeah. And my character dad goes, uh, get in the car. We'll go get your car. Cause you're not, I'm not leaving you here. This was a year and a half, two years after he was my character. Yeah. Dad. So as much as crap, we like to give Carrie, which was my dad. He was a great dad. But anyway, so in this particular <laughs> instance, um the fanfic thing comes in because i was sitting next to this very exuberant outspoken girl who i still to this day love dearly i haven't talked to her in a while because that's the way life works um but uh, she called her that week she called herself lola and she was (laughs) super exuberant and outgoing and i'm super shy and mousy and Uh and very like within myself because that's just who i am and she's talking to me we're we're riding the ducks which never oh going to do that again but we're we're in the backseat of this like basically van and we're talking and she she goes so what do you like to do for fun and i said oh it's it's really stupid you'll probably think it's dumb and and like i was kind of ashamed of it but at the same time i was like well this really exuberant girl is going to either be really nice or shut me down so i might as well just get it out i said well i i like to write well, what do you write i write fan fiction oh my god i write fan fiction too <laughs> and that girl wound up being my college roommate megan yeah and we were super tight. We were in each other's weddings. Like she, mm-hmm. and she, I think stopped writing fanfic toward the end of college, but she wrote Draco Hermione. 
mm-hmm. fanfic. Oh my god, I'd forgotten that. She she was huge in the Dramini. Like she loved writing all that kind of stuff. I was never a big Dramini supporter, <clears throat> but for her I was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was all of a sudden I had someone in my life that that understood writing a story yeah. and then i met you and danny and, and everybody like well, that and but like megan was my first experience of meeting somebody who didn't immediately sit, like make me feel like a freak yeah. for enjoying writing well for enjoying writing fanfic yeah well and i you and mentioned so yeah it was i i don't know why but like when you said draco hermione like that reminded me like i remember just a fic that danny wrote which then made me think the fact, like, again, nobody is ever, ever going to read any of these fics that we are talking about. But you and Danny and I basically came up with our own little fanfic universe. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's true. It's I don't started... think mine's available anywhere. <laughs> I'm oh. pretty sure mine's not available anywhere. <laughs> but yeah. Well, but basically. But we what... had our own fanfic universe where we would appear in each other's stories, essentially. Be- because, <laughs> or we would have what... characters from each other. Yeah. And because what we did was. Danny was writing a story and hers was, it was an RPF with, uh, oh my God, I've gone. Sean to, Biggerstaff. John, yes, thank you. I could not remember his name for the life of me. You know, it was set, you know, in, it happening in Scotland. And I yes. was, and I was writing a thing in my own like RPF fic where my character was going to Scotland for something. And I just kind of looked at Danny and I said, hey, what if our characters just knew each other? And, and so we, we ended up creating, like, our characters had this sort of, like, big sister, little sister kind of relationship. Yep. And then somehow, like, one of your characters got worked in. And then it just spun off from there. Well, and now, like... Uh, one of my characters, I, I used a characterization from your fic of yeah. someone you had. And the character I was writing was ending up with that character who was, like, the best friend of your character. So yeah, it, it was, was only necessary that they had to wind up somehow being in each other's lives. So, yeah, it was so, crazy. Yeah, yeah, crazy times. You, like, we, we basically have this whole, like, little fanfic universe, like, with our own, like, uh-huh. OCs who all, like, you know, know each other. And, and we've kind of, like, swapped them out with different partners occasionally and, and things like that. Yep. And I have a whole and, file of them on my computer for that we've both written. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I definitely have some of yours saved on. Um, I've done them as gifts before, like, like yeah, for yeah, Christmas or New Year's. That's yeah, something that, yeah, that. That, that we that we used to do. Like, I know no one else can ever read them because you're the oh, only yeah. person that ever received it. Oh, exactly. And I, because like I know, like I wrote something because you had done a um a super who big bang, and you, yes, you had that's created, still out there. You had created an OC. Uh, mm-hmm. to write along with with Dean and Sam from Supernatural and I and like it was like for your birthday or Christmas or something like that I ended up writing like a one shot of those characters with like the characters from Torchwood or something like that yeah I did that a couple that was, of times yeah, yeah. but man like it's I, good times man I, well and now that we're talking about all this like now I'm like okay well fuck now I want to go back to writing some of those people like let's like Michelle well, let's go just for start, it let's just start doing story swaps again Michelle <laughs> like wait you the other reason you have, I stopped kind of writing yeah it was D&D and I don't have that right now so <laughs> I don't have well, that outlet right now no I, I just had the thought of like you've got a birthday coming up next month so it was like I just, do no like I'm not gonna buy you a present I'm just gonna write you something it's <laughs> fair that's I would not complain and you know it we should probably get to actually we, these fix that we, we have absolutely now. should. But to, <laughs> to be fair, in. <laughs> yeah, I know. To be fair, guys, sorry. We we one we haven't talked. You and I have not talked fanfic in God knows how long. 
Very long um, time, yeah. Very, very long time. And and two, it's just also been a little while <laughs> since you and I talked. So yeah, it's a little bit of that feeding in. But anyway, we we will go ahead and get started. Sorry, guys. Um, sorry for taking so long to get to. Hope probably you enjoyed the, the reminisces. <laughs> yeah. Sorry it took so long to get into the thing that you actually were probably listening for. But anyway, uh, what is your first fic, Michelle? Okay, so this one is, it's more because I like the idea of this fic. That sounds so bad. Okay. Um, I like that you're already hedging. Go ahead. (laughs) It's Harry Potter. Uh, Uh It's what's called a Severitis fic. Now, what that means is it's Severus becomes Harry's guardian, usually. Mm -hmm. Uh, usually they're a little out of character this one i I will fully admit has some out of character stuff Uh, it's called a year like none other and here's the other caveat it's seven hundred and eighty thousand (gasps) words oh my god and that's just story one there are three stories in this thing i don't think the last one ever got finished the first one is the one i like the best basically harry receives a letter from the Dursleys while he's at Hogwarts and he doesn't read it because would you want to read a letter from the Dursleys? But one day it falls out of his bag. Snape picks it up and reads it in the middle of class. Like he, well, he only reads like the first little bit and then he stops Mm -hmm. and reads it silently and then calls Harry to the front of the room after class is over and says, well, have you gone to the headmaster about this? What? And Harry kind of has to admit he hasn't read the letter. And Snape at first is like, um, you ingrateful little craphead. But basically, the letter says that uh, Aunt Petunia is is very ill. She uh, she's very sick, and they need Harry. Uh, they need Harry because Aunt Petunia needs a bone marrow transplant, and Harry's the best candidate, which Harry didn't even know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it leads to like basically Snape having to take him because Dumbledore didn't have time, and and when he gets there, he realizes that Harry's life was not as great as he always believed. Mm-hmm. Harry's not a golden child. Um, Because see, one of my biggest pet peeves with Harry Potter, and it will always be a big pet peeve with Harry (laughs) Potter, with the books, is the fact that Dumbledore knowingly placed a child in a domestic abuse situation because Mm -hmm. he wanted the kid to grow up to be okay with dying. Mm -hmm. Uh, I take take some issue with that, but that's basically what he did. Mm -hmm. By, By putting him in the places he put him, Harry grew up in such a way where he would be willing to sacrifice his life for the people he loves but also Mm -hmm. for the whole world and he he raised a sacrificial lamb and i i take issue with that a little bit because harry was a kid harry wasn't oh yeah he was was a kid and i i don't like when people do dumbledore bashing i'm usually pretty on board with it oh me too um because i see it i i mean i see the other side of it too like i see people like that it was the only way and yada yada yada. but and this doesn't this doesn't just bash him but suddenly not suddenly snape slowly but surely becomes harry's i have the right word here becomes harry's not confidant because harry at first does not trust him at all but he becomes harry's agent like advocate Mm -hmm. he you know he advocates for harry even against uh, sirius Mm. a few times um because sirius is very sirius and remus are in the books are very much like what dumbledore says goes and it comes to the point where you know dumbledore wants to I don't remember exactly what he wants to do, but but Severus is very much like this is not okay. And the story was written before Half Blood Prince came out, mm-hmm. so there, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that it doesn't take into account, like Horcruxes and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> eventually, Snape basically adopts Harry. Um, it also lets Harry develop his like parcel tongue and make it not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, it, it allows a lot of development. That's always been one of my pet peeves in the book is that if you're Slytherin, you're bad. Yeah. I mean, except for Snape, who's kind of good, but he's also kind of not. So like, I've never liked that. I've, I've never enjoyed, like I've always, I always thought, but she would redeem at least Draco or a no. Sly- like a, a Slytherin. And she never did. This is J.K. Rowling um, we're talking about. Yeah. But as, as someone who reads stories and stuff, it just seemed to me like she was planting the seeds for we're all in this together. And then she went, well, except the Slytherins at the end of it. Yeah. That, that's the way it always felt. Oh, and in this that's one, absolutely like, even, how it is. And, and Severus in this story is Draco's godfather, which I think he is in the canon, but I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, but Severus and Draco are, are fairly close and Draco winds up ultimately switching sides Mm-hmm. in like i think the sequel story basically basically snape winds up with harry and draco as his sons mm-hmm. so there's no like no like weird not weird but there's no slash or anything between them like that it's just a straight gen mm-hmm. story it's my only gen story on the list but <laughs> but it, it like i enjoy that like it does get more and more complicated and complex and and i don't always like that but i do like rewriting canon to make to make people smarter and to make people people yeah if that makes sense no i'm, Rather I'm than, absolutely with you and like ron's a bit of a jerk at the beginning but of course ron's a bit of a jerk at the beginning because ron would never be nice to someone that would knowingly live with severus yeah like it takes he has to take a while for him to come around he does because Which, i also hate ron bashing if it's a ron bash fic i won't read it because <laughs> i've read fic where like he's a uh he's like a death eater in disguise and crap like that and i'm like yeah. that's just Weasley. but yeah it's called a year like none other it's aspen in the sunlight you can find it on uh ao3 archive of our own it's super long it's longer than novels it's longer than multiple novels when, when you gave when you gave that <laughs> word count i like i needed a fucking fainting couch jesus uh, i looked out of curiosity at the actual series like i said i don't think the last story got finished but it's over a million words mm-hmm. total like it's like like totally over well over a million words so this is more like a hey i i'm gonna keep this open on my on my phone or computer for days and days <laughs> and slowly read through it but that's that's the first yeah. one that i i decided to to mention it's just because i like rewrites of canon a lot yeah so um the first one on my list it's it's more of what i would term a thicklet because it's it's fewer yeah, all mine are long i tried really hard all, not to but all mine are I've, long. i've got a couple of long ones but most of mine are like or well at least a few of mine are, are relatively short um but the first one on my list is the music box by helsinki baby it is a warehouse 13 uh pete latimer micah bearing story it's 961 words and kind of the synopsis of it is while cataloging artifacts, Pete and Micah are affected by a music box that prompts people to propose. I did a whole OTP episode about Pete and Micah. You know, I've I've written my own fic for Pete and Micah, which that one made you cry, and I still hold that as like a crowning achievement. Good. Um, <laughs> everything um, makes me cry though, to be fair. Like I'm 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 a pretty easy <laughs> person to make cry so <laughs> but yeah um but no i i just i absolutely love pete and micah and like they are one of my favorite pairings unfortunately the bulk of warehouse 13 fic is for micah and hg wells so it's really hard to find 
good Pete Micah stories. Um, mm-hmm. And it, like, it's really hard to do because, and th- this is the downside of having read all of those Dr. Fabulous fix on Fangirl Online, having read all of those, those fix from Fabs and like continuing to read them over the last 15 years, I'm a bit of a fanfic snob. I'm going to get into it. You know, I'm, I might mention it later, but like I've, I've just, just now, like I'm way behind the times, uh, but I tend to be when it comes to certain shows. Like if something is like hugely popular in the zeitgeist, I have to give it a little bit of time to cool off because <laughs> I'm like, I, I can't like, I, I just, I need a little bit of time like to, like to come into this, like with my own kind of you know, like, like to be able to process it with like, with my own outlook and not just like be swept along with, you know, with what everybody else thinks. Cause, and I think part of the reason that I do that is because of JK Rowling, because mm, I, that's fair. because I got like swept up in Harry Potter, like late high school and into college. And then she turned out to be like a huge sack of garbage and kind of now ruins a little bit of like my Harry Potter experience. I'm like, yeah, you know, it took me until season five to start watching like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And I kind of regret that because it's one of the greatest shows ever. Um, oh, it's so good. It's so good. And, you know, I, but like I did that with, with Shit's Creek and the finale, like the series finale of Shit's Creek, like just aired like a week ago at time of recording. And I'm really regretting the fact that like I didn't get into it earlier, but like I said, I just, I needed to, uh, I needed to give it time. And the thing is like, I, I will occasionally look for Brooklyn Nine-Nine fix. And I only just started, um, started looking for some Shit's Creek fix like a couple of nights ago. And, and the reason that I, I don't delve into certain things is because like, like the characters have to be perfect. Like, and, Mm -hmm. and like the story and like, I don't care if it's like a crack fic or, or if it's just like, you know, you know, like a hundred words of fluff. I don't care, but like, it has to, like the entirety of the fic has to be well-written and the characters have to be in character. And I like, I'm, I'm a fanfic snob and I will admit it. And so, you know, I have looked for like, you know, Brooklyn Nine-Nine or Schitt's Creek, you know, like some of these kind of sitcoms where, you know, or just like stories and, you know, shows in general where the, where the characters are like, they're something, they're extra, <laughs> you know, they aren't like <laughs> normal people. Like they're, they're very heightened. And, and so like with those things, uh, you know, it's like, uh, there was something that I was reading, you know, like I've read like a Brooklyn Nine-Nine thing and it was like, okay, like Jake or Holt will be in character, but like nobody else Holt, is. Holt would be hard to write. Yeah. For real. Or, uh, you know, or it'll be like, or everybody will be in character, but the rest of the story is like very poorly worded and like, it's not well written. Yeah. And so like I'd, I am very hard to please when it comes to fanfic. I'm like, I, I need, I need very good quality. And, and so, 
all of that to say, it is very, very hard to find Pete Micah fic to begin with. It is even harder <laughs> to find Pete Micah fic that is good. It's true. And so, like, I... Helsinki Baby, like, they have... Like, if you get find their AO3 profile, they have, I think, like, over, like, 200 fics. And, um... And I am forever indebted to them because they have written like a wealth of fix for several of like my favorite like underappreciated pairings. And so like, yeah, I, I go back to their profile time and time again. Like they are so great. But yeah, it's it's just like a very short, like very sweet kind of thing. And and basically, you know, like this artifact is activated and Micah picks it up and then turns around and Pete is down on one knee and like Steve kind of comes around the corner just as this happens and he witnesses Pete proposing to Micah and Micah accepting and then like they Steve is like takes out his uh, takes out his Farnsworth and is like Artie we got a problem and and it just goes into you know they're like take it back to Artie and they're like okay how do we fix this and Artie's just like um uh i don't know and it's it's yeah it's just a short it's just a very short little story but like it's in character and it's well written and everybody is great anyway what is your next one okay so um we talked about this on pairing or have we done pairings we want to see yeah yes our, our wish pairings that we did for for new year's uh darcy and clint is uh -huh. a fake pairing that i introduced you to Yes. Uh, mostly because I read a fic that was super tragic and I knew you'd be into that. <laughs> um, you know me so well. The one I'm going to recommend is not that one. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called, the one I want is Simple Not Easy by LJC. Mm -hmm. uh, I am going to be clear this is explicit. This, mm -hmm. this fic is explicit. It is 60,000 words. Because mm -hmm. once again, I don't do short things. I just, I don't. <sighs> a a 20,000 word fic for me is an hour. Yeah. So I... I for me, it's hard to like get into a really short story. Like if I see slow burn and you have a thousand words, not a slow burn to me. But anyway, <laughs> no offense. No, I, I, I get it. Simple Not Easy um, is about Darcy Lewis. Mm -hmm. And Clint Barton is, I would say, the third lead in the story. The second lead is Loki. <laughs> Uh, Darcy gets accidentally kidnapped by Loki at the very beginning of the fic. Uh huh. Because Loki can't tell mortals apart. He thought he was kidnapping Jane. Because this okay. takes place like just post Avengers. Okay. Um, and so he thinks he's kidnapping Jane. He kidnaps Darcy, and they're like hanging out on a roof in Queens because he's waiting for his brother to come find his lady love, and they start talking. Now. Darcy makes it, he goes, he asked Darcy at one point, why are you so calm? She goes, oh, dude, I popped a Xanax the moment we landed on this roof. Like, she mm -hmm. had a Xanax, because she, she had Xanax because she has anxiety issues sometimes. And so, she's like, no, 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 I popped a Xanax the moment we landed. Yeah. Like, that is the only reason I am not falling on the ground in terror. If you're going to kill me, let's get it over with. But they start talking, and he, you know, she kind of like, why do you do this kind of thing? And he opens up about... He found out, you know, he said, what would you do if you found out, you know, that you, you know, none of your family wasn't who you thought and da, da, da. And she goes, dude, it's because you're adopted. Dude, I'm adopted. Mm -hmm. 
Like, it doesn't mean your parents aren't your parents and they don't love you. And she goes, like, on this whole spiel with him. And he's like, wait, you were a foundling child, too? Yeah, it doesn't mean my parents don't love me. Well, did they lie to you about it? Well, of course they did until I was about 16. They thought I could handle it. I'd already figured it out by the time I was, like, 11 because genetics. But so, like, it goes through this whole thing. And then she's like, have you thought about, you know, maybe seeing a therapist? Because, like... (laughs) I mean, you have issues and they're legitimate issues, mm-hmm. but you know, maybe you shouldn't kill people to, to, you know, maybe that's a bad call. And he ends up going, like, he ends up befriending her in a way. <laughs> like he, he leaves. Cause he's like, I'll take what you've said under advisement and leaves yeah. her on the roof in Queens. And then, you know, later he kidnaps her directly from shield headquarters. Jeez. Um, Like she gets off an elevator and she's in central park. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and she's like oh not again and he sits down and talks to her again well this time fury takes it a bit more seriously and he's like you've made friends with a mass murderer so we're gonna put an agent on you to guard you just mm-hmm. in case and since she already lives in the avengers man uh, she, or they move her into the avengers mansion because that's more um um secure yeah so and and you know, we're gonna assign Hawkeye to you because you know Clint's Clint's already gonna be around you anyway, and he you you know totally fine. And she knows Clint from from being in uh, the Thor movie. Like they have yeah. him show up a bit more in that. And so they, it leads to um, so Clint be- Clint becomes her bodyguard, and as she puts it, they basically start dating without the sex. Yeah. Um. They go out to eat. They go to comic book shops. They. <laughs> And then they go back to her room at night and she watches, you know, like marathons of the golden girls with him. And there's this whole really cute scene where they talk about who's better, like who's the best golden girl. And he's a Blanche girl. And she goes, of course you are. And and this whole thing, but through the whole thing, obviously they are super attracted to each other, Mm -hmm. but she thinks he's just there because she's a job. Meanwhile, Loki is still appearing and talking to her, but she, but he's not kidnapping her. So she doesn't tell anyone because they said, tell us if, if he takes you again. Oh my god! So he like appears in in her house when she's watching How to Train Your Dragon, and he sits down and watches it with her because she's like, "I'm not in the mood to talk. You can either sit and watch or you can leave." And turns out he's got a crush on Lady Sif, and there's a whole conversation about that. She and uh, toward the end of the story, uh, Clint and she play wingman for him on a date with Sif. It's a it's a really good mm-hmm. like moment. But uh, Darcy, who is so undercharacterized in the movies. Yeah, I mean... perfectly characterized in this fic. Yeah. Best way I can phrase it. Um, There's a great makeover scene in it. Who doesn't want that? Um, (laughs) Natasha takes her to get her her a dress. She's terrified of Natasha, so she goes. Um, Oh, I I think that's kind of a common thing that comes up in a lot of Avengers fic. Because, like, I ended up doing it in mine. Like... (laughs) The main character being terrified of Natasha. She just gives off that vibe, man. (laughs) But, like, the Clint Darcy side is important. Yeah. But there there is explicitness with them. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, there's also this really, like, sweet, sweet affection between the two of them. And, like, when when they finally, like, make a move... She's like, we could have been doing this for six months. What what took you so long? He goes, well, you always remind me of how old I am. Because she always <laughs> is giving him crap about being old. Yeah. And and she's like, yeah, I was doing that because I thought I had no chance with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to remind myself I had no chance with you. So, yeah, it's a really cute, like, it. 
it's long. I love the mental health aspects it goes into mm-hmm. with Darcy and and Loki. And Loki actually does ultimately uh, go to therapy. You don't actually hear it, yeah. see it, but you she she gathers that he's in therapy. Um, and like it's a more mature response to a lot of stuff that Loki did because mm-hmm. what Loki did was bad and wrong. Let's just like he murdered people. That's wrong, but he had you know reasons behind it he wasn't doing especially in thor Mm -hmm. he wasn't doing it just to be a jerk yeah you know there was there was stuff behind it and there was a lot of and a lot of baggage and so she's the 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 fic ends and darcy and clint are talking and i don't know exactly how it comes up but dar but clint basically goes he did just need the love of a good woman and she slaps him (laughs) because like that was the joke is that maybe all he needs is the love of a good woman and she's like i hate you no what he needed was someone to listen yeah and i love that aspect like the romance is really fun too and it's uh, darcy and clint one of my favorite things about them and fic is that they are usually a a very like bantery couple Mm -hmm. which is one of my favorite things but having loki in the mix as darcy's friend has is just i re i started to reread it just to like skim it and i couldn't just skim it like i wound up just reading it because yeah. i got so i enjoyed it so much but anyway um well since you have brought clint into the equation um i will go ahead and mention that my next one is one that you sent me um yay a long ass time ago and it's called it takes an ocean not to break by carrie k hat and um and it is a crossover fic of Doctor Who and the Avengers you know, MCU. And it is a, a Martha Jones, Clint Barton pairing. Um, it's multi-chapter. It's like 37,000 words right about there. Um, it's set kind of pre and then during and like post the Avengers movie, like around 2012. Um, kind of the synopsis is that when Nick Fury first approached her with the job off with the job offer, Martha Martha Jones thought it was just another step in the process of moving forward with her life. Unfortunately, the past has a nasty tendency to rear its head at the worst possible moments. I just I found it really really interesting from a like from a character perspective because what it does yeah like Martha and Clint kind of end up being together because like because Martha ends up working for unit or she works for unit and like ends up coming to work for shield and um and the kind of what happens is that you know she's working at this like shield facility and clint kind of ends up like you know while he's doing like guard duty or whatever um ends up like noticing her like sneaking out to kind of just have some you know, her time. And so he ends up following her and, and then they end up having these kind of like conversations and, you know, they build this, this relationship. But the thing that I really enjoyed about it is that what it kind of does is like it, it puts her up against Loki in a few scenarios and, um, and what it does is like, it's partly her dealing with, like lingering PTSD that she, that she has from like, you know, the year that never was. And like it kind of comparing Loki to the master and like her having to find the strength to kind of like go back 
you know, like remembering all that happened and then like having to face it again. Um, and, you know, just all of those like ordeals that she had to overcome. I just, I really enjoy this fic and it's another one that I, I reread occasionally. Um, and <laughs> this, this is the fic that kind of gave me ideas for crossing over Doctor Who and the MCU. And now, basically the past two years of my life, I've been writing nothing but Martha Jones and Steve Rogers fic. So, um, Michelle, you're to thank for that. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what's your next one? Okay, so my next one is a fic set in the 100 universe. Mm -hmm. uh, it's Bellamy and Clark, and it's called Meet Me in the Morning by Monroe's Little. Mm-hmm. And it's 25,000 words. It's rated mature. And basically it's a time loop fic. Mm -hmm. So in the 100, I've kind of explained this a little bit before, but in the 100, um, basically these kids are sent to earth to see if it's habitable. They've been in a space station. Uh, but the kids that are sent to earth are the juvenile delinquents. Mm -hmm. Essentially they are because in space, if you commit a crime and you are over the age of 18, you get thrown out an airlock. Like there's no, yeah, that's it. Cause they don't want to waste resources on someone that, that, you know, is they don't want to waste resources. They can't waste the resources. They don't have, so it's a very harsh life, even for people like Clark, who is, they call her the princess jokingly because she her mom was the like head doctor and her dad was the head engineer so she and she's best friends with the prime minister's son all this kind of stuff but but still i mean she's her dad was was thrown out was spaced is what's called mm -hmm. her dad was spaced for he was going to speak up and tell them that there's something wrong with the uh the the air system well Clark knew that. And so Clark gets thrown into solitary confinement for about a year. Uh, and then when you turn 18 and you're in the juvenile detention or whatever, then your case is reviewed and you're either spaced or put back in general, pop general population. Um, in this instance, instead they take a hundred of these juvenile delinquents that are all about to be 18 and send them to earth. So you have a hundred six, like 15 to 18 year olds. <laughs> never been to earth they have taken some classes because you had to growing up but that's it and so you have and then you also have 101 people technically because bellamy blake sneaks on board to be to take care of his sister it's a whole thing bellamy and clark don't get along at first in the show it very much becomes about the two of them finding a way to lead together because he's a little lord of the fliesy at the beginning that makes any sense but then clark's best friend dies his name is wells he's murdered by another person in the camp there's a whole thing behind it it's it's actually super sad but in this fic after the night after wells dies clark wakes up and it's that morning that wells died again it's the same day but she's not the only person stuck in the loop she realizes bellamy is stuck in the same loop and they begin to get along. They, they're able to save wells and stuff like that. Like they're able to do a lot of stuff. But once again, every, every night they go to sleep and they wake up and it's that for that morning all over again. Right. Just, just exactly what you would expect in a time loop fic. 
they obviously start falling for each other because they've got that push pull thing. Um, and the day begins, every time the day resets, they learn a little bit more about each other and a little bit more about what's waiting for them on the ground, which allows them to prepare for stuff that in the show they find in like season two, mm-hmm. uh, two seasons, like later season one and season two. Um, and they also learn more about each other and want to be together, obviously. Uh, when, by the time the fic ends, they, they stopped doing the math, but they'd been stuck in the loop for four or five years. Mm-hmm. So they have years of the two of them together. <laughs> of just the two of them, where no one else remembers what happened. There's still the 99 other people, but no one else remembers day to day. Um, until the very last thing is they're able to, the next day happens. And they're like, what are we going to do now? But and that's kind of where the fic ends. But I, I love a good time loop story, <laughs> and this is a really good one. Mm-hmm. So, and it brings in stuff from later canon, which is always fun. So, that's my my second one or my third one. Sorry. Um, my next one. I'm going to go ahead and mention this one too. You also sent me this one, and when we <laughs> when we were talking about this episode, I basically went dibsity dibsity dibsity. Um, uh, but it's called, uh, the Rose of Jericho by Katie Falls. And Mm -hmm. it is a Torchwood Doctor Who fic, um, with, uh, with Jack Harkness and Ianto Jones. It is a multi-chapter 63,000 word fic. Um, it's set post Children of Earth Torchwood, like Torchwood series. Is it three? Yeah, it would have to be. Uh, yes. It's like, yes, sorry, it sometimes I, I forget, like, the timeline of, of Torchwood sometimes. Um, Easy to do. Yeah, uh, but basically, Martha Jones encounters a unit cover-up in the wake of the 456, and so it's up to Gwen and her kind of new Torchwood team to bring the truth of this cover-up to light, and in doing so, say the onto. Um and I remember when you sent me this fic, it was when I was working, because uh, um, this company that I worked for, for a few years, they had um, three different factories. And I was, at this time, I had been sent to work at factory number two. And and so I was just working out of a shipping warehouse and... <laughs> kind of being bounced around from department to department just whenever somebody basically like if there was a computer and a desk and they needed somebody to like if a department needed help they sent me to do it and and so I bounced around a lot but I was also left to my own devices for a long time um and I literally had my own little like box (laughs) in the middle of the shipping floor where it was me a computer and like an air conditioner and I worked by myself for like eight hours a day and occasionally when I just needed a little break or I needed some time to myself you know I I would I would kind of sneak off and read thick for a bit um (laughs) and this this was one that like during that time like I kept going like back to it And I'm not really going to get into a lot of, like, the specifics of the fic, because, one, I haven't read it in a couple of years, so I don't remember a ton of the specifics. Um, But this fic, it is a glorious fix-it fic for what happens during Children of Earth. Um, 
because because this is the thing um i like I don't know how to explain it. I, like, I've mentioned this before, and I love a good, like, tragic story. Um, and I, I really do. However, I hate... I hate character death for the sake of character death. Like, I hate it for, like, the exploitation of... Mm-hmm. of the show like and that's what like part of me is fine well not really fine exactly but um <laughs> but you know what i mean like part of me is okay with ianto's death because it's tragic and it's heartbreaking and it like i'm a sucker for a storyline that punches me in the face <laughs> um but as i've gotten older <sighs> I end up feeling like more and more irked, I guess is a word. Uh, I, I feel like irritated by the wasted potential that wasted was potential. Yeah. A drink. Yes. It's, I mean, it <laughs> is a topic that you and I come back to repeatedly. Um, and that's why I like fanfic. I think yes. that's why you like it too. And, and this, you know, like, I, I think Ianto was kind of like the first, like was like my first instance with this and like unnecessary character death. And then because, and, and then when it started cropping up on Supernatural, like back when you and I were still watching it together and, you know, cause like certain like, really important characters get killed off at various places and it's like that was wholly unnecessary like all it did sarah gamble looking at you i mean like literally i'm like killing off bobby Uh, like girl girl don't get me started because she did the same thing on the magicians and i'm still pissed off it's like it always like ever since then it has just always been a thing that pisses me off now like i mean it can it like sometimes sometimes a character you know a character death can be tragic and and it can um be necessary to the plot and sometimes it can be necessary to the plot when it for example supernatural again crowley's death is actually i think very well done yes um i I, yeah i just think it's a good death yes and i i i'll agree but but when because you know like i'm trying to think like you know, there were characters on like I'm trying like Shield that just kind of die for no reason. Um, Trip, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I was like, are we talking about absolutely? Are we talking about I'm talking right here. Yes, I'm absolutely <laughs> talking about it. And and you know, like, and when it's done for like man pain, which is kind of what hap- which is a little bit of what happens with Ianto. But the thing is, like, mm-hmm. to me. The story of Jack and Yanto, and this is something that I will get into because I am going to cover them as an OTP one of these days. Um, uh, I just, have, at the time of recording, have not done so. The thing about Jack and Yanto is that their relationship was already tragic. Having, yeah. having this eternal man, you know, who can't die, and having him in a relationship with a human man 
Like already there is tragedy in that because eventually like one day, you know, one day it was, you know, it inevitable that everyone that Jack loves is going to die at some point. And so to kill him unnecessarily and then it coming on the heels of two other characters who had all, who had also died unnecessarily in the previous season. Um, yeah. It, it just, it felt, um, I will say that is one of the blessings of the big finish audio stories. Yes. Is they, to me, rescued Yanto's death and made it better. Yes. Made yes, it matter. It, that's the thing that I think pissed me off with Yanto's death is it was pointless. Yes. It, it and and that was that was the whole point in the story is that it was supposed to be this you can't fight against us it's supposed to demoralize you and it definitely does that but I think with what happens at the end of the story yeah we were already demoralized mm-hmm. there's there's no need to do more with basically it, it was like, it's it, pain on top of pain because and we talk about sad is happy for deep people but there also is a point where sad is just you trying to make us feel worse yes there, there's a there you you get both yeah and there's already the tragedy of uh, like you said of jack and yanto having that that doomed love because there's yes. nothing there's nothing that they can really do about it yeah but yeah um anyway and you know just the fact that like we were barely you know at that time because jack and yanto like really didn't become a thing until like into season two and the season they, they kissed at the end of season one and then stuff happens in season two he asked him out on a date yeah, yeah. kiss kiss bang bang great episode <laughs> yes such a good Sorry. episode but you know they we barely got to see anything of them together and then at the beginning because and the thing is you know seasons one and two they're only like what 12 13 episodes each yeah yeah and then yeah. and then children of earth is what five six six, ep- six, six episodes five. No, maybe only five five or six it's not many yeah it's like there's no more than six i know that yeah for um, sure i just can't remember and, and ianto yeah. dies in like the next to last episode and yeah. and they are apart for a big portion of it because because well jack gets exploded um man that's a good scene yes Sorry. it is oh oh man okay when we do the jonto when we do the jonto otp we will go further into all this yes yeah. we will but so it's like we barely had a taste of what even a relationship between them even looked like and so then like to just have it taken away it's just oh and see and i and this i think this is something that you and i share and part of it i think comes from from us having been english majors is that like i can't it's like canon is like these are the rules of the universe and i can't stray from those too much i just whatever i like i just can't do it like you know <laughs> yeah, i struggle like, with that too you know like canon is like this, these are the rules that have been set and these are the rules that must be followed and so i'm you know i'm okay like i occasionally i like i you know i will write like a you know, something in post canon or something that's like literally just kind of like this one moment happening at this one point in time within canon. I, I'm okay with those, but like, I just like any time, like I've written a couple of Jack and Ianto fix and, but like in, in, in whatever I write that involves Jack at some point, 
Ianto has to die because that's just what happened in canon. This fic, however, is like it gives me what I wish could have happened. And um and and it's done with a very well-reasoned plot. <laughs> it's not mm-hmm. just like, oh, because science magic. It's like it goes through this whole thing and and li- like it sets up like science for it and it's very well done and and i just i I really like it a lot and i'm so happy that you sent it to me like all these like eight years (laughs) all those years ago yeah so i think i found it on live journal to tell you how long ago like i'm pretty sure i found it on lj like someone had recommended it yeah yeah i don't remember if i read it there because i think i've always just read it on ao3 probably i used to follow i used to be on live journal all the time and they, I would follow people that did recs. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I do that on Tumblr. But someone had wrecked that on LiveJournal, and mm-hmm. that's how I found it. So, yeah. Okay. So what do you have next? Okay, so we've talked about Vox Machina before. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy a wide variety of Critical Role fix. The one I'm going to focus on is a modern AU, which I usually struggle with. Mm-hmm. This one I, I really like. It's Pikeland, Scanlan, Shorthalt, and Pike, Trickfoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called The Sun Always Rises. It's by Tamelia, T A M E I L A. And it's 120,000 words. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's I like long fix, guys. It's just what I do. Um, you talk. Go ahead. Sorry, you mentioning that. Like, I think I've figured out why I prefer shorter kind of like little ficklets and and things like that and definitely kind of like mid-ranged level like length of figs and it's because if i'm reading fic it's it's usually while i'm on it's usually while i'm on a break from work um because by the time i get home like my brain is mush like i don't i don't feel like perusing you know ao3 for things or occasionally like if i get really into a show or a movie or something and like after i'm done i'll be like okay i wonder what's out there and i'll i'll look for that on ao3 but just as a general rule i don't like i don't like come home and look for thick and so if i do find something like i want it to be short enough that like i can read it during a break see i have a thing with with my husband where he we had a whole big thing when we got married. He likes me to go to bed with him. Whether I sleep or not is totally up to me. <laughs> so so I will go to bed the same time he does, but then I will read for like an hour or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, for me, a 20,000 word fic is usually about an hour. Yeah. Um, this one took me a while to get through. <laughs> I imagine so, yes. I, this is one I actually kept up with as it was posted, Kia. Mm. I don't do that. I don't ever do that. Uh, it was posted. It was finished in October of 2019. It was started in February of 2017. So I so I followed it as it went. Um, but it's, like I said, it's a modern AU. Um, difference to the actual, like, Vox Machina Critical Role Season 1 campaign is that Vex and Keyleth don't get together in this. Vex? Um, you mean Vax and Keyleth? Vax. Sorry. I'm Vax like, and Keyleth. So I was like, My wait, apologies. when did that happen? What did I miss? <laughs> Vax and Keyleth do not get together in this. It's a uh, background Vaxelmore and background Grogleth, but which is Keyleth and Grog. But here's the thing: I don't remember the Grog and Keyleth thing actually being a thing in this fic. Like it may be like super background, 
Wait, who, but like it barely. Who did Grog you say wrote this? Uh, Tamelia, T A M E I L A. Okay. Uh, and it's in the quiet mountainous town of Western, where nothing happens. Pike Trickfoot leads her parish. She knows her work and does it well. If she's ever wanted for more, it's never been her place to ask. But a new spring is blooming, and those longings may become too fervent to ignore, especially when one wears the face of pop star sensation Scanlan Shorthalt. <laughs> and pop star sensation uh, sensation Scanlan is best friends with Grog, and he knows Pike from like college, essentially. And he's coming to visit. He's now a super successful pop star coming to visit his buddy Grog, and he also is super into Pike, which is canon. Like it's from the yeah. canon, like. And this is just such a well-done fic. It's mostly from Pike's perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think it, I remember you telling me about this which, one while you were like reading it. I'm always a fan of stuff being from Pike's perspective because because Ashley was gone so much when they were yes. making Critical Role season one. You miss so much Pike, and I just love this story. Like it's just a a really good Pike Scanlan. Like she helps him overcome stuff. He helps her overcome stuff. Mm-hmm. Story. Um established percalia so you know we're happy there yes but like and and like there's some really good grog and pike stuff and (laughs) it's just it's just really enjoyable there's this one and there's one called the sting by bob the other zombie Mm -hmm. which is like they fake pike and scanlan fake a relationship after scanlan has already burned his bridges with with vox machina Mm -hmm. um to catch her family and to catch dr dranzel's (laughs) thief crew basically (laughs) So that one's really good too. I really enjoy both of those. But The Sun Always Rises has just stuck with me for the way that Pike and Scanlan are together. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like it's very similar to canon, but just different enough because it's the modern AU version. Yeah. Um, like I think I think in this one, Vex is like a forest ranger, which okay. is just perfect. And like they live in this tiny town and Pike is the the minister at her church, which that's pretty much Pike. It, it and like grog runs like a gym of and course tra- and he Pike, does. which fits right yes. like it just all fits uh and it ends with like vax moving to amon to be with gilmore so mm-hmm. you got a lot of like fun stuff like that but but it's a lot of it is about scanlan and scanlan's demons and pike and pike's insecurities mm-hmm. and the two of the like pike realizing she can ask for things she doesn't have to be the only one giving and yeah and that kind of stuff. It's like, I just really enjoy seeing the characters in this other light that we didn't get to see them in, in the campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't always do modern AUs, but, but this is one that I really, really enjoy. So mm-hmm. that's mine. What's next for you? Um, my next one, it's another, it's another short one. Um, it's another kind of like little thicklet. Uh, it's called a job for kit by shallowness. It's uh, for the Guernsey literary and potato peel pie society. Um, and it's Juliet and Dossie. It's it's only like just over 900 words. I mean, it is, it's tiny. But basically, it's, it's set post-canon. So it's set, you know, like after the end of the story. It's mainly like, it's something like it basically would fit both the, the novel and the movie. Um, and, you know, I did, I did a whole OTP episode on Juliet and Dossie uh, for, for Guernsey. Um and this was one of those times that, like, after I watched the movie, I was like, okay, I have to know if there's fic for this. <laughs> and and I went, and this was one of the ones that I found. Um, and it um, 
basically just the it's a very very like i said very short story and juliet is pregnant and she but she and dossier have been trying to keep it a secret for just a little while longer however kit um is very suspicious (laughs) and because (laughs) because kit is an observant child and knows that like something is up but doesn't quite know what and so it's basically dossie and juliet are looking for a way to tell kit um but you know in a way that like she's not going to like run and tell the entire island (laughs) um and it's just it's very short and it's very adorable and it's just it 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 gives my heart happy feels and I like it. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I said, there's really not much to go into about it. So um, what do you have next? So my last one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is called Electricity in the Contact by Lady Blah Blah Blah. No, sorry, just Lady Blah Blah. Mm-hmm. Lady Blah Blah. Uh, it's a steric story from Teen Wolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also 27,000 words because once again that takes me just a little over an hour to read yeah so i'm not like i do read shorter ones on occasion yeah (laughs) they're just not the ones that i remember very well (laughs) um in this particular one derek attends a werewolf conference and needs a partner to attend with him so that he is not forced into marriage Mm -hmm. and styles is that lucky partner uh and on this particular story eight years worth of feelings finally come to fruition um and that but here's the thing there are at least three or four with this premise right i like all of them (laughs) um it's fake relationship so you know i'm already there um but in this one it's like takes place see and that's the thing with teen wolf stories is they are pretty much always pulled out of canon because most people like i've said before after about halfway through season three people are like canon sucks and just ignore it yeah, I I so, can, I can do that with like some shows. Um, well, or basically, people wanted a Buffy like Monster of the Week type situation, and yeah. Jeff da- Jeff Davis, I think his name was, never going to give people that. So people just basically from that point on, people just ignore canon, and so that like right, like I'm like okay, that's about how far I watched. So yeah. I think I finished season three, but yeah, so it's fine with me to ignore canon because I got bored with canon. Mm-hmm. But but so this takes place like eight years after everything happened and and everything is now settled down and and calm. It it doesn't everybody lives AU, which is always a big thing for Teen Wolf. But and and like I said, there's three or four versions of this story, and any of them you read are good. Mm-hmm. This is just the one I could remember where it was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and but it's enjoyable because like you have them trying to fool werewolves that they're in a in a romantic relationship yeah werewolves in this canon can hear when you lie they've got you know pretty good ah, noses so they okay. can tell they can tell like scent and stuff on people mm-hmm. so you've got like forced intimacy for those reasons stuff like that mm-hmm. so I, and I we're always a big fan of of that kind of thing yeah <laughs> but yeah so that, and that's a pretty short and simple sweet yeah that's that's what i would that's what i go with so what is my, your last my one? last one i saved i saved this one for last because this one is the one that's going to take a little bit of explanation from me because you know my other ones you know like warehouse 13 and you know guernsey i've already covered those on the podcast doctor who and the avengers you know torchwood these are three like huge internet fandoms so it's like well those those won't take a lot of explanation 
Um, this one, however, um, I am, I think I'm in like a very, very tiny, um, subset of the internet who very much enjoys this show. And it's the, um, the Endeavor series from, from the BBC or ITV. I don't remember. It's a, it's a British detective show. And what it is, is if you know, there was the Inspector Morse novels, and um those were turned it was by Colin Dexter and then like those were turned into the Inspector Morse uh series uh starring John Thaw as as Inspector Morse and and then from there was the Inspector Lewis series which was like a spin-off because you had I've seen a couple of those yeah and like they're both great cuz what it is is you had Inspector Morse and then his, you know, his detective sergeant, Lewis. And so then, um, you know, after like, you know, John Thaw had died and like they had, you know, they and they had run through basically like all of the Morse stories um, and, you know, killed off Morse. Um, you know, they started doing the Inspector Lewis series in which you have, um you know, you have Lewis is now an inspector and then his DS Hathaway. Um, well, they started, you know, I think probably about six, seven years ago. Um, they started doing a prequel series called Endeavor, which is about it's Morse back when he is a detective constable. And so, um, and that's basically kind of like you start off like bottom rung constable and then you go up to sergeant and then like you become inspector and um and um no having grown up watching a lot of inspector morse mysteries i knew going into endeavor like because it's a prequel and you know like where the character will eventually end up um i knew that morse kind of ended up a lonely like curmudgeon who never married <laughs> um however that did not stop me from shipping the fuck out of endeavor morse and joan thursday like when i started watching the prequels um and the thing joan thursday is the daughter of morse's inspector fred thursday played beautifully by roger allen um and, um, so, like, I just have to give a little bit of an explanation to kind of set up this fic, because basically you have a couple of seasons of Morse and Joan, you know, they just have this very kind of chaste but flirtatious kind of relationship. You know, like, they have a banter, and, you know, he looks out for her, you know, when he can, and, you know, but it, it's just, it comes from this place of, like, you know, of respect, of you know, her father is his boss and he has a great respect for her father. So it's like, he's not going to like overstep any bounds. Um, but by the end of season three, th like his feelings kind of change and, or even like he realizes his feelings at any rate, even if they don't change. And he, um, at the, the series three finale, uh, Morse and Joan end up being held hostage during a bank robbery and um, a man dies during this bank robbery and Joan kind of thinks, you know, she, she feels blame for that. 
And it's also during this, you know, like, you know, police and like all the detectives and everything in, in, in Oxford, like they're, they're coming in to, um, uh, you know, to like, to try to stop this bank robbery. And that's when you see um, Joan's dad, Morris's boss, Fred Thursday, he basically goes feral and like nearly like fucking kills a man. And Joan doesn't quite know how to deal with it. So um, you have at the end of the episode, like the crack of dawn, Morse goes over to the house and is going to like, is waiting for people to be up because he's like, he wants to talk to Joan and express his feelings. And he gets there just as she is sneaking out with a bag and she's basically running away from home. And so now he can't tell her. So off she goes and it is beautiful and it is tragic. And then this continues in season four. So season four, nobody has any idea where she is. And what happened is that like, he can't stand it and he knows how badly her being gone is affecting her parents. So he, as a detective, he starts doing his detective work and he finds her. Um, but she begs him, like, don't tell my dad, you know, like, just let me have this, let me have this life of my own. The thing is the life that she's leading, she is like some man's like kept mistress and they um like she's she's like some man's kept mistress and you know she's in these like kind of frou-frou outfits in this in this flat and doesn't work because this man just pays for everything but morse he doesn't tell her dad however a few episodes later by the finale her dad finds out and her dad her dad goes to find her and and basically is like okay you're stopping all of this nonsense and coming home and she's just like no it's not happening well so he goes and he waits in the um kind of in the parking garage for um for her uh man and then nearly like beats the shit out of him <laughs> and um and so having had this encounter the man to whom she is a mistress is basically like, okay, just it, we're done. And well, he ends up like, we don't see any of this. We just see her dad nearly kicking the shit out of this dude. And then later she shows up at Morse's doorstep in like the middle of the night. And, and he invites her in and like, once he turns on the lights, he notices she has a black eye and he immediately is like, okay, where is he? And, you know, she, she's like, no, it's, it's, you know, it's not, it, it's okay. Like, it's my fault. I provoked it. And you just, like, you see him, like, he's one giant cringe at this point. Um, but this, this is when, like, you know, she tells him, like, well, you know, he's, um, you know, he's given me a couple of weeks to get out of the flat, but I have no idea what I'm going to do. And this is when Morse very suavely just blurts out marry me <laughs> and there's like an eternity of silence <laughs> that passes for for like a lot longer than you would think and then finally she just she's just like i, I don't want your pity 
And then he just like he just like absolutely is dejected. And like Sean Evans, who plays Morse, is just he is like he is such a puppy. And you just like you feel so bad for him in this moment. But um he ends up giving her some money so that she can, you know, take care of herself and get herself sorted. Um, and then she leaves his flat to go back and, and get her things. And, you know, just before he leaves, he says, he just says, he's like, you're not going back to him, are you? And she's like, no, I just, you know, I just have to get my things. So, okay. So the episode ends with like, that's the last interaction between them. And then, and then what happens is Morse comes home and the phone rings and you just see him like running out of his flat, like hurrying to put on his jacket and he goes to a hospital. And, um, the, um, you find out that, that Joan, Joan is in the hospital and she's had a bad fall. And, um, and so, you know, Morse, he's there with the doctor, the doctor, assuming that Morse is her husband says the following. It's just one of those things, mother nature, still she's young and fit. Give it a month or two and I'm sure you'll be able to try again. And so he, like, it is utterly, like, devastating when you see the look on his face when he pieces things together. Um, and so, but, like, and then that's basically, like, where the episode ends. And so, uh, <laughs> so what this fic, there's a very long-winded explanation just to say that this fic, uh, An Unexpected Family by Pink underscore Dalek, it's... Um, it is a 57,000 word fic AU that picks up in this moment of him saying, marry me. And then she tells him about the, that she's pregnant and he says, okay, fine. Like that doesn't matter to me. And, and they, and, you know, it's like, I'm, I like, I'm perfectly okay with that. And they end up getting married and then it's it is you know i think like nine ten chapters something like that of like them living their lives over the next like three decades and it is so good and it is everything that i want for these characters but (laughs) just by the nature of the show i am never going to have So like I said, like I saved that one for last because I'm like, this is gonna take some setup. And I so I rambled for a long time about that. I apologize. Um, but I I just I love them so much. Um, so yeah, that that fic makes me very happy. Uh do we do we wanna go through we I think we each had a couple of like honorable mentions. Do you wanna throw yours out there? Mine is a website, so if you wanna go first. Okay. Um <laughs> Because that'll take a second. To- okay. Um, my, I have two honorable mentions. Uh, one of them is called, uh, it's Waking Up to See Your Face by L. Lyon. Uh, it is an Agent Carter fic. It is, it is Peggy Carter and Daniel Sousa. And it is a three plus, it is a three plus one fic. Um, and it's, it's relatively short. It's just over like 6,000 words. Um, but it's three times Daniel wakes up to find Peggy beside him. And one time she wakes up to find him. I like, I will admit that I am a sucker for a five plus one, three plus one, whatever plus one fix. Yeah, I, I agree. I love them. It is such a simple setup and I love it so fucking much. 
Um, and Agent Carter is probably like the number one show that I wish had not been canceled. Like it, uh, any greed. Any time there's like going around social media, you know, like which one of these shows would you bring back? Automatically, Agent Carter is my answer. Um, and one of the reasons why I wish it hadn't been canceled is that we we could have had it all, Michelle. <laughs> Like we, her and Daniel, we could have had it and we didn't get it. We got as close as we could. Yeah, we. And and to be fair, Daniel Sousa is coming back on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes, I'm I'm excited for that. And I've heard rumors that Haley Atwell may show up on, on an episode too. Yes. I mean, I know I mean, she, if she this, yeah. If the series ends, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ends and we discover that the cop that that Enver plays in Avengers is actually mm-hmm. just Daniel Sousa time traveling <laughs> <laughs> then i'm actually a little on board with that too <laughs> um but yeah like this this fic it's just it's just basically like you know a little sousan of of Peggy and Daniel and it is just it's it's lovely um um but the uh, the the other one, my other my other honorable mention, and this this comes in like I mentioned Shit's Creek earlier in the show. Um, this one is called Nice Things by True Illusion, and this is one I literally I just read it last night, and I enjoyed it so much because I um, it's set post canon. Um, so spoilers um, if you haven't seen the the whole series at the time that um you know that this episode airs um david rose who's one of the main characters ends up married to the character patrick brewer and um they have like quickly become like one of my favorite couples of all time and um this is a like a hurt comfort fic and it's about 2400 words and like I said, it's set post-canon. It's after they've gotten married. And um, like, I think that they end up like buying a house at the end of the show. But they have, because like, I haven't seen the final season. I just kind of know bits and pieces of what happens. So like, they end up, I think mean, like buying a house um, at the at the end of the show. Um, and so what's going on in this fic is that David is kind of distant and kind of anxious but like he's he won't talk to patrick about it and then finally like when he you know the end of the fic when he does finally like open up and talk about um what is going on he reveals his fears of everything coming to an end and and so and he explains like what he means by that is that that basically everything has been too good lately and he's just waiting for the inevitable crash. Meaning that, you know, like, you know, the store is going to go bankrupt and, you know, they're, you know, they're like, they aren't going to get the mortgage for the house and like, you know, they're, uh, you know, all of these things and that inevitably like Patrick is just going to realize that, you know, he's too good for David and like they shouldn't be together. And then it's just, you know, Patrick, like, okay, you know, I, I respect your fears is like, but you know, look at me when I tell you like, you know, I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. Like, and all of like those other things that happen, like we would get through them together. And it is just because it's set up in the show that David has very bad anxiety. 
overthink. And so to actually like to see a fic, like take that into account and, and like, I, I have mentioned it on this show many times before I have anxiety. (laughs) And so to like, to see a character like actually going through it and it is all of those things that where you just start spiraling of like, like what if this and what if that, and you know, obviously like this happiness can't last forever. Something, you know, something is going to ruin it. And just like seeing him, like seeing that express with his character and then, you know, Patrick just telling him like, look, even if it happens, we would get through it. It just, oh, it did things to my heart. Um, but anyway, those are my honorable mentions. What did you have for yours, darling? Okay. So this is partially because I couldn't find the fix I was looking for. I'm pretty sure they're on this website. The one downside to what I'm going to talk about is that it is a harder to navigate site than something like archive of our own. Yeah. So this website is called twisting the Hellmouth. Mm. It is a okay. fan fiction archive for over 20,000 Buffy, the vampire slayer and angel crossover stories. There are some non-crossover fix as well, but they have everything from Firefly to NCIS to Smallville to Stargate uh, mm-hmm. to Supernatural crossovers on this site. Cool. I am a huge fan of the real family trope with Buffy, mm-hmm. which is someone in Buffy finds out that they are not the child of who they thought they were. Yeah. Um, the one I was looking for was specifically Xander uh finds out or specifically buffy finds out she's jack o'neill's daughter not hank summers mm-hmm. um i because the thing in buffy is with the exception and not even always with the exception of joyce everyone has horrible parents in that story yeah um giles becomes everyone's parental figure because everyone's parents are awful mm-hmm. uh joyce gets a lot better like first season she's pretty bad though Um, Yes, she gets better in season three and stuff but i love the idea of like and i've talked about stargate before but like jack o'neill gets a letter after joyce dies in this particular one i'm thinking of Mm -hmm. where he finds out that they had a child he had an affair with her when he was stationed um stationed somewhere near where where she was living and they had a child together joyce married hank summers so that buffy would have a dad but Buffy doesn't know, but he is not, Hank is not her, her father. Mm-hmm. And Joyce has just died and she left kind of this with her will kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and so Jack finds out he has a kid. Well, he's also in a super classified thing. Right. So, so they do kind of a background check on Buffy. And I don't remember, there was this one and there was another one where Halloween Xander <laughs> wears boots that were Jack O'Neill's. <laughs> So he gets all of Jack's okay, memories. That's great. I love yeah, that. I like, both of, I like both of these options. They're great options. Um, but in one of those stories, they start looking into the weird statistics that come from Sunnydale. <laughs> uh, like yes. the fact that the high school has its own obits page. Yep. That really bothers Jack. That, Jack gets really upset. That's one of my favorite find- gags from the whole show. The high school having an obit has page an obit page, yeah, and it's just, newspaper. And it's just normal, um, and like a lot of fix will bring in with Stargate specifically. We'll bring in like the initiative mm-hmm. uh, and make oh it to God. where it's something. The, it's, sorry, it's, the initiative. I had like blanked that out of existence. Well, it's, not, it's not a great story. <laughs> it's really but not. When you, 
when you weave it into the political stuff going on on the Stargate franchise, mm -hmm. it, it winds up becoming a much more interesting, like, yeah, thing. But but yeah, like I I just love a good crossover. And not don't get me wrong, not all the fanfic on this site is good. I mean, I'm, you you pick I mean, your battles. I mean, yeah, like not. I mean. AO3 is amazing and it is like definitely like the best archive for fanfic on the internet. It ain't all yeah. great. This is a lot more like like fanfic.net used to be where it was hard to navigate. Like you couldn't always tell yeah. if something was finished and stuff like that. This is like that. Like you have to actually read through all the tags to see if it's completed and and that kind of stuff. Like there's another really good – there's some good NCIS ones where like Xander or like Willow is Gibbs's niece. Oh my god. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. Like, stuff like that. Like, I dig stuff like that. Like, really fun, <laughs> really fun crossovers that surprise you. Yes. And and also, like, seeing how someone would respond to, you know, Sunnydale. Or how Buffy would respond to finding out there's space vampires, which is essentially Stargate Atlantis. Yes. Um, all of these things are just so much fun. Um, there's a lot of Harry Potter ones. And I'm not a huge Harry Potter Buffy crossover fan yeah, because there's a lot of problems with the lore there. Yeah, um, that's like Yeah, I I get I've that. I've seen some charmed some charmed crossing over oh. with it. Oh, absolutely. Like where the charmed girls help rehabilitate Willow? Yeah. Uh like there's there's all kinds. They have so many different choices and like I just really enjoy it. It's called Twisting the Hellmouth, tthfanfic.org. Mm -hmm. Uh and it's been online for 18 years and still has fix being updated. That's awesome. Uh like even like even the mods are still there um let me see yeah as of like the beginning of this the month that we're recording in mm -hmm. there there's a mod post that's for awesome. prompts for a challenge so i mean it's still what i love is that it's still working mm -hmm. and there's like there's so much crossover stuff and there's also non-crossover yeah but i like i said i love a good crossover and there's a lot of good crossovers on here mm -hmm. like looking just looking at it as right now uh stargate has uh uh, over almost 2,000 crossover stories. Supernatural has 1,500 with mm. Buffy. Uh, and then it has like a list of just random television shows, random movies, random yeah. multiple crossovers. Because I've seen some that are, uh, there was one that was like, who's the dad of Buffy's baby? And it was, it was just like a bunch of like different, like it was mystical in nature, the pregnancy was. Yeah. But like you go and you meet Booth from Bones and you oh meet- um like it goes to all these different shows not necessarily that that people we know are on but just like different shows mm -hmm. i think i think tony is an option um from ncis mm -hmm. uh, like and so that's a multiple crossover one and yeah. like it's just enjoyable to read that kind of stuff for me um so that's just a fun like you want to kill some time here's some mm -hmm. just random ones to go look through. i'm i'm gonna have to check that out once we start recording <laughs> Uh, but that's me so all right well then uh i don't have anything else to add unless like do you have anything no that's it all for right me. then um you know th thank you for listening to this you know somewhat longish episode sorry of, hey man we this is what we do and like this is this is kind of the nature of mine and michelle's friendship it's just we get to talking about these things that we love and like and you where and hours have gone by yes hours have gone by and you know <laughs> you know just to i just like i remember and th this is again just speaking to like the nature of our friendship back when 
you know, like you and Josh had only been married for, you know, a few years and, um, and I was like living back home with my mom, like you and I would like, cause we were both kind of like insomniacs. And so like, Mm -hmm. we would like call each other at like three o'clock in the morning and just like have these like three, four hour long conversations, just talking about like stuff like this. And, and so that's why I love having, like doing these kind of episodes and getting to kind of have those kind of conversations again. Um, And so uh, but anyway, that will get it. Uh, we will, um, I've got the links for mine. So we will. I will um, have the links for mine too. Yes. <laughs> so we will, when we, when we post this episode, like uh, we will put the links for these fix up on uh, social media so that you guys can check them out too. Like, and you know, if, if there's something that you think, like something you've read, something you've written that maybe you think we might like, then Hey, send it our way. Like we ain't going to turn down fanfic. So, um, then I guess that will get it for this episode of couch buddies. As always, we thank you so very much for listening and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of couch buddies, why not leave us a rating and review over on iTunes? And while you're at it, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. So you never miss an episode. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us by searching on social media. We're Couch Buddies Pod on Twitter, on Tumblr at couchbuddies.tumblr.com, and you can email us at couchbuddiespod at gmail.com.